Thank you so much. Man, I just, I feel the presence of the Lord here today. This is great. And uh, God has something for us all today. Something great. And I'm glad I got to be here when you honored your pastors. uh, They are really great pastors and great people of God. Amen. I'm glad I got to be here for that. Well, as your brother's pastor said, we've been missionaries a, a long time, and um, over 30 years. Matter of fact, we, we were pastoring in Kalkaska when we became missionaries, so that's uh, 31 years ago. And uh, your church has supported us, I believe, most of those years, even before you came, so praise God for that. That's So what you see today and what you saw in that video, know that You've had a part in that because missions is partnership. All of us are called to missions. How many of you know that? We're all called to missions. We're not all called to live overseas. My wife and I have, but you you and other churches made that possible, and your prayers uh, enabled us to see God work miraculously. And some of the things today I'll share, I believe, are results of your prayers. As I said in the video, we have, um, after living 25 years in Jamaica, we branched off to train leadership in eight Caribbean countries. And so we've been doing that for the last uh, five years. That's been really exciting. We feel like we've uh, multiplying ourselves. We have 250 uh, pastors and leaders involved in we feel like we multiply ourselves by 250 times. That's pretty good. How many think that's pretty good multiplication? Amen. Um, I'd like you to pray with us because we really are considering concentrating on the, one of the countries, that's the country of Suriname. How many know where Suriname is? How many have heard of Suriname? Suriname is uh, a little country um, in South America on the Atlantic coast near where the Amazon River comes into the Atlantic. It borders on the, uh, the back of it, comes right up against Brazil. It's one of four countries that doesn't speak Spanish and it's not a Latino country. It's uh, Dutch speaking. Dutch is the major language, but they, uh, they speak um, a language called Sarantung which is a language everybody speaks. They, a lot of the people speak English. Then they speak other languages from the people living there, like Hindustani from India, Javanese, people from Indonesia, Chinese. They have also uh, Amerindians there that speak Arawak. It's quite a place. Um, I guess that's one of the reasons I'm fallen in love with it. Like this morning, Pastor, uh, in the main church in the capital city of Palamibo, they would sing uh, songs in three languages and have overheads in three languages. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my God, this is unbelievable. And they're like, yeah, that's how we roll, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's how we roll, so no big deal. They, they all speak three languages. So, but, uh, but yet I think it's the most unreached country in this part of the world. Um, 40% of the population is Hindu or Muslim, 
and then another 20% of the population are unreached people groups living in the jungle. So I covet your prayers. I'm going to share more about it in my message uh, because we've been given the opportunity to really join hands with them to see a major church planting effort uh, across the whole country. That The harvest is ripe. When I say ripe, I mean the Hindus and Muslims even. There's an openness to the gospel. There's an openness to the gospel in the, in the jungle and the tribes. And uh, they've been asked me to join hands with them. So I start out in February by teaching church planting to all the leaders. And then we're going to have a plan where we're going to plan, a, you know, a plan to plant churches across the whole country and go from there. So I covet your, your prayers for that. And uh, please get one of my prayer cards as you leave today. So thank you for your faithful support down through the years. Turn with me to Acts 10, verse 34 through 38, then 44 through 46. 1034, when Peter began to speak, I now realize how True it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ. Who is the Lord of all? You know what happened through Judea beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit in power and how he went around doing good and healing all who are under the power of the devil because God was with him. And drop down to verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. I want to talk to you about God's great love for all people. Let us pray. Lord, what a privilege to share with your people here at Mount Hope. So I pray by your spirit, lead me in what I would share. And I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would work in each person here, that you do miracles in their lives, and that you would direct them in the way you would have them to go. In Jesus' name, amen. Maybe sometimes you wonder, as you look at a missionary like me, and wonder, why is he a missionary? Or how did that happen? So I'll tell you this morning. It really started when I was 21. I'm not a Christian, wasn't raised as a Christian. So I was in college and just doing what everybody else did, partying mainly. And, um, but yet inside there was an emptiness. And I began to ask myself, is this all there is to life? Because it just seemed like there had to have been more to life than what I was experiencing. And not only that, I thought when I went to college, that was like, you know, the ultimate, you know, that, that you know, get a career and, and a degree and wow, then for sure you'd be happy. But I wasn't. So it was during this time, my cousins became Christians and I went to see them and when I went over to their house, I said to myself, 
these are the same bodies, but they're not the same people. They were totally different. They were full of love. They had full of peace. And they told me that they'd asked Jesus Christ to come into their lives. And I left the house that day saying, that's it. That's the answer. I didn't know that that would be the answer, but I believed that was the answer. That's what I really needed to do. But I was stubborn, and I put it off. Anybody here ever been stubborn before? Let me just see it. I'm just waiting to see more hands. I didn't want to have to <laughs> give an altar call so early in the service for lying. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. But God has a way. How many of you know God has a way? He has a way to bring you to the Lord. One night I was with a buddy. We were on the freeway going partying and going at high speeds in a little Fiat convertible. Something happened we didn't plan on. We came into an area where it was raining and the car began to hydroplane and next thing I know it's doing circles in the middle of the freeway totally out of control and began to skid off the road into a ravine and I said, it's all over. And I braced myself and... Uh, car flipped in midair, the convertible top hit the ground, my head hit the ground, my friend's head hit the ground, he was knocked unconscious, but I was kept awake, I believe, so I'd never forget what happened. The car rolled six more times till it was just crushed to a little, like the little balls you see at the, at the metal uh, scrapyard, and for some reason when I car stopped rolling, I didn't have a scratch on my body. I knew God had done a miracle, and uh, so I prayed a very simple prayer. Lord, I don't know why you spared my life, but from this day on, I'm going to live for you. Praise God. You could say the sin in hell rolled out of me on this, going down the side of that ravine. I was ready to serve the Lord when a car stopped rolling. But you know, it was this life that with the Lord was so great at, it was so unbelievable that as a young man, I said to myself, right at this stage of my life, I have a choice what I want to do with the rest of my life, so I want to tell people about Jesus Christ. There could be nothing better. And if God can change me, I believe that he can change anybody. Anybody here say that? If God can change me, he could change anybody. And that from that day to this, I've had that assurance. And even now, as I Go into the jungle of Suriname. I know that if they can hear the gospel and receive it, no matter where they are, no matter what they're doing, God can change their life. Now, this story is a, it's a great story about missions because we see God's heart in reaching out to people that at the time, you know, the disciples were very... Well, we'd say ethnocentric. They, they, all they seen was the people they were supposed to reach was Jews. But yet God showed Peter that he was supposed to reach everybody because Jesus died for everybody. How many know that? He died for everybody. Every person on the planet, no matter what their background is, he died for them that they might have salvation. But there's also something very interesting also, and that is when it described Cornelius, it said he was a good man, 
and he was a, a God-fearer, but he didn't know Jesus. And friends, today, there's a lot of sincere people in the world, sincere Muslims, sincere Buddhists, sincere Hindus, sincere animists, but they don't know Jesus Christ. And Jesus wants them to receive the gospel so that they can receive God and their life can be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. In this story, the first thing we see is the urgency of the gospel. <clears throat> I didn't read this part, but as you look at the earlier part of the chapter, you see what the Lord went through to bring this about. First of all, he gives Peter a vision. Or uh, he goes into a trance and he shows him uh, all these animals on a sheet. And he says, I can't eat these, Lord. You know, I'm a Jew and we just eat certain food. And he goes, don't say, you know, what I've made clean is unclean. How many of you are happy about that today? If God has made you clean, you're clean today. And whoever God touches, they're clean once they come to know Jesus. So not oh, sooner did Peter get that, then boom, here comes these guys from the centurion to come and bring him. Praise God. So I showed you, uh, I want to tell you the story of just the, the sense of urgency in this country of Surin. I showed you the, a picture, told you a little bit about this young lady, Sherry Ann Griffin, who was standing with me in front of the church. She's there in that picture. Well, Sherry Ann was, uh, as a young lady in her 20s, felt a call to go to the country of Suriname, into the jungle. Now, she's from the island of Barbados. And so she went to Suriname. And um, God opened the door for her to go into this tribe of people called the Saramakan. Now, these villages are very close to outsiders. Matter of fact, if if you or I pulled up in a boat to the dock, because the, all these villages are on the river, they wouldn't let us in. They more or less would just turn you around and say, get back in your boat. Because they don't want any outsiders coming in. But their village was flooded out in a big, uh, you know, time of rain. And Sherry Ann came with food and clothes and medicine. And she demonstrated the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they opened the door for her to come. And she began to go into that village and four other villages proclaiming the gospel. Then I show you, like I said, there's 50 Saramakan villages along this river, the Suriname River. Now, it wasn't that they didn't just accept it right away. That's how the villages look. Now, I'm not talking about 300 years ago. I'm talking about three weeks ago <laughs> when I was there. Probably hard to imagine that even in this part of the world, that's how people live. But they are, have been totally isolated and totally closed off from the rest of the world. And today, again, are animus. They worship demons. Their whole society is built on demons and worship of demons. There's a picture there. It's a little temple where you can go in and pray to the demons. So Sherry Ann, basically, being that you know nothing about Jesus Christ, started out just like you're teaching Sunday school and, and taught just simple lessons of the word and continued to do that. And I think it was probably six years 
before you had the first converts? Six years. How many of you would wait that long or get, you know, get impatient and, uh, and give up? Next slide. So these are the first people to be baptized after six years. You can give God praise. The first people... The first people in our tribe to come know the Lord. I know them all. Uh, they're leaders now in the church in the village of Tamaribo. The, middle of the guy in the middle, his name is Baba. And uh, he is a leader. He and his wife are the leaders in the church. Next slide. We see what it is. There's me on the river. Coming up the river, as you can see, uh, it's quite a job. Next slide. <laughs> you can stay there. Now, stay right there. Sherry Ann has ministered in four villages, and um, basically three of the villages. The villages own all the land. Nobody owns individual land. And so if you want to put a church in the village, you have to, the village has the vote. Well, in three villages, more or less the witch doctor really influenced the vote, and they voted no. But in this fourth village... This old man here, 95 years old, in that society, the oldest man in the village has great respect. Matter of fact, whatever he says, pretty much the village is going to do. So this man got up in front of the village and he said, listen, Sherry Ann's been teaching us about Jesus Christ. I believe he's the true God. And I believe if we allow her to build a church in our village, our village will be blessed. Hallelujah. Next slide. I think it, there it is. You can give God praise. The first church in the Saramacan villages. But you had a part in that. You had a part in that. You say, how do we have a part in that? Because you supported me. And through your giving, we've helped build that building. Praise the Lord. Pastor, that guy there in the blue, that's Brian right there. Just his back. But anyway. You know, I asked Sherry Ann. I said, Sherry Ann, has, has the price been too great? She went there in her late 20s. Now she's in her 40s. I said, maybe you won't get married. Maybe you won't have children. She looked at me and she said, Pastor Steve, if I hadn't have gone, these people wouldn't have heard of Jesus and they would be going to hell to a crisis eternity. Now I think we all know that here. But I, I pray that we let that grip our hearts because that, that's the reality, isn't it? If somebody doesn't know Jesus Christ, they're not going to heaven. But the good news is this. When you give them an opportunity, then they can receive Jesus Christ. And yet, you know, today in the world we live in, probably two billion people at least have not been given the opportunity to receive Jesus. How many of you think everybody should? Everybody should get that opportunity. And that's what Sherry Ann was saying. That was an urgency in her life to bring the gospel to the Saramacan. Also in this story, we see God's willingness to use, call it unique events or unusual events, to bring something about. I, I find that, to me, one of the exciting things of serving the Lord, that God does unusual things sometimes. 
Have anybody of you had some unusual things happen that God used in your life? There's not a dull moment serving the Lord. I mean, if, you're, if your Christian life is dull, come and see me because I, you know, I don't understand that. Because I know that, you know, serving God, there's surprises all the time. They're good surprises, but they're surprises. I want to tell you a story now about reaching another tribe in Suriname, and this tribe is called the Okan. This involves two different people, Abamayel Silva and Helen Orange. First, I want to tell you about Abamayel. Abamayel, you can turn to the next slide. Now, don't let, you know, if you look at it too long, the first question people ask is, how come he's so cool and you're sweating like a pig? <laughs> and I don't have an answer for that. All I know is that it was hot, hot, hot down there, and I can't understand how somebody can wear a coat when it's 100 degrees out. So, but sure enough, he does. Abimael was 20 years old, living in Brazil, when God gave him a vision. Not probably much different than the one Peter was given. A trance, a vision. And in this vision he saw an African looking woman and she said to him, come to Suriname and help us. Help us proclaim the gospel to my people. He knew it was the Lord. He knew it was a call. He even praying about missions in his life. And this 20 year old backed up he and his young wife, and they moved to Brazil and went into the jungle, began to minister. And uh, they were there a while. I don't know how long it was, but one day they meet this person. He, he said, that's the person in my dream. That's the person I saw. And he tells his wife, I met the person I saw in the dream. But there was a couple problems. First one was she wasn't a Christian. But the second one was she was a witch doctor. She was a witch doctor. Now, when I say witch doctor, we're not talking about, you know, fairy tales here. We're talking real people who put curses on people. I've, I've seen it. I've seen it in these villages. I've seen young ladies that were cursed uh, that they'd never have a baby, and they didn't. And on and on, all kinds of different curses go. But the good news is when you come to Jesus Christ, those curses are broken. How many of you know that? Because you're covered with the blood of Jesus. And greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. But this, this uh, Helen at the time had, was putting curses on two to hundred different people. She had and putting them on. Well, this did not deter Abby Mayel and his wife. Because he knew that she was the person in the dream. So he and his wife began to fast and pray. And they fasted and prayed until she got saved. Hallelujah. So she gave her life to Christ. And then when she did, she was bad news to the devil. As much as she was for the devil, now she was more so for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. She received training and went back to her people, the Akan people, and went to a village called Libidoti. Now, in this village, again, it was animus, witch doctors, and, uh, but there was a, she had nowhere to go. She had nowhere to live. There's not, like, available houses in these villages. 
but she met the administrator of a big high school the government has built there for the children in the jungle. And, um, and he let her, he and his wife let her be their housekeeper, and so she had a place to stay. What do you think that's servant ministry? That's the heart of someone who has a heart for the lost, that that's what they would do to go to a village and proclaim the gospel. But he, as time went on, she won his favor, and, and he, she allowed him to, uh, to start her church in the school and to use the classrooms. And so she began to reach the children. Pastor, I like what you said about the children because, to me, it's a great place to start. How many of you think this is her church? How many of you think that's exciting? Now, you want to take time to count them all. I mean, uh, there's almost 300 kids, teenagers, adults in that room. So, so far, her church has reached half the children in the village. So here's a village that's animus, that worships demons, and yet from the bottom up, it's being transformed by the power of God. Yes, you can praise God for that. You can praise the Lord. It's exciting. I can't tell you how exciting it was. I was there again a month ago, and uh, we preached on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we prayed for everyone there for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. See, for them, time, time is of no matter, you know. They go by the sunset and the sunrise. Matter of fact, in this village, uh, they have, the only time they have electricity is from 7 at night to 10 at night. They have one generator that they, they just turn it on like when it's dark. So time is, uh, doesn't matter. I don't even know what time it was by the time we were done praying for everybody. Praying for people, some, some were demon-possessed that night. Uh, other people needed deliverance. Praise God. Now, here's the exciting thing. Even though the village is, you know, the people, a lot of them are animus, yet the chief of the village, she won his favor, and he, the village, gave her a nice piece of land to build a church. Next slide. Sure. There as I got to be baptized, some of the first converts. Isn't that exciting? Next slide. How many think that's a nice piece of land? That's the village gave her that. Lakefront property. That'd be valuable in northern Michigan, wouldn't it? But I want you to pray with me because any day now, construction's going to start. I need about another 20000 to build the church. You pray with me and that God will provide. Maybe, Pastor, that you might even lead your church to come and help build that church. I mean, it, I'll tell you what, it'll change your life. Now, believe me, you're not going to stay in the Hilton, let me tell you that. You can probably see there isn't any Hilton around. Sleep in a house, which is like they have some houses that were built for teachers, on a mattress on the floor. You're going to take a simple boat. I think you saw that simple boat in the in the background there at, at the baptism, and uh, it'll be, you know, hot, hot, hot. There's only two degrees in, in Suriname that's hot and then hot, hot. Those are the only two, and uh, it's, uh, it's hot most of the year when you get to July, August, September, it's hot, hot. So praise God. But I'll tell you what, it'll change your life. I tell you, when I leave, when I leave there, I mean, it's hard, it's hot, 
But what I, I can't wait to go back. I can't wait to go back because there's something about touching people that have never heard the gospel but yet are sincere and want to hear the story of the living God. Hallelujah. Yeah, you can give God praise. You can give him praise. The third point of this message is that the power of the Holy Spirit is there and it's essential for missions. You know, the thing you read as you read the book of Acts and Luke, you know, Jesus said he was going, but then he said, wait in Jerusalem till you're endued with power. And why did he say that? He was saying that when you receive the baptism of the Spirit, you receive the tools you need to do everything that you read about in the book of Acts. That's witness, pray for the sick and they're healed, pray for people and they're delivered, and even see dead raised. It would be like if you went out on the job, like if you're on a construction crew and you got to the job and but they didn't have no tools. And the boss said, go on, do the work. But I don't have any tools. I don't have any hammers. I don't have any saw. I don't have nail guns. Well, do the work. But I don't have my tools. Friends, when you receive the baptism of the Spirit, you have a full toolbox. You have a full toolbox to do everything. Now, that doesn't mean if you're not filled with the Spirit, you're second class. That don't mean that at all. What it means is it's available to you. And I share that because of this story. Because even as Peter was talking to them, the people were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues. Now, you know, you say, well, how did that happen? Well, you know, first of all, God doesn't, how many know that he doesn't follow the same rule book all the time? Maybe that it was probably a sign to the disciples. Yes, it was a sign to them that indeed God had accepted these people as believers. But more than that, he was saying, you guys now have given your lives to Christ, but you need the power of the Holy Spirit to go out and be my witnesses. Praise God. You know, even as, a, as I'm a missionary and I go in these villages... I have that assurance that whatever I face, maybe I'm not sufficient in myself, but I'm sufficient through Jesus Christ. Whatever situation you face, you are sufficient through Jesus Christ, and you have the power of the Holy Spirit to see that accomplished. One of my favorite things to do, and pastor, a team could do this if they came, is they go through the village and pray hut to hut. And I mean, you know, as you pray hot to hot, you got all kinds of stuff. This person has blind eyes. This person has deaf ears. This person can't walk. Why? And they believe because they believe in the supernatural. Now, the supernatural they know kills them. The supernatural it says the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But they know the power of the supernatural power. So now they're introduced to the living God, the one who really is in charge here. And they, what I'm saying is they expect that it's going to happen. And I remember even coming on a situation where they said, this girl is demon-possessed. You know, 
Boy, if you knew you were going to pray for a demon-possessed person, you'd like to know and maybe fast and pray for three days. But here she is, and she's demon-possessed. But I want you to know that she was set free by the power of Jesus Christ. She was set free by the power of Jesus Christ. Praise God. I was uh, in Jamaica. We, uh, we were pastors for a while of a church in the capital city. And in this church, when we went there, there was a building that sat 800 and there was 30 people in attendance. My wife and I said, you know what? If anything's going to happen here, it's because of prayer. That's the only thing that's going to change things is prayer. And so we really began to organize that church to really pray, get serious about prayer. And we had all-night prayer meetings. We had prayer chains. We had different times of prayer. And it began to happen. The darkness began to be pushed back. <clears throat> it began to be pushed back. And people began to come to the Lord. <clears throat> During this time, one night when we were having service, it the news came to us that one of our young men who had just gotten saved, a young man named Dalton, had been shot. Now, I'm taking you into a, I'm taking you to a place the tourists don't see in Jamaica. <laughs> I'm taking you to a place of the capital city of Kingston, where there's 1,400 murders last year. Matter of fact, uh, no tour guide is going to recommend anybody goes to Kingston. So we uh, inquired, and we went to this, and we found out that his brother had been a gang leader, and another gang, rival gang, came in to kill him, and and retaliating for something he did, he came in the house, began to fire bullets, killed the brother, and Dalton was shot four times. This young man, but here's the you say, well, where's the testimony there? Well, the bullets are flying, a semi-automatic weapon, and Dalton is shot here, 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 and here. Not a vital organ was touched, and he was out of the hospital in a week. That's the testimony. That when you walk through the river, you won't be overflowed. When you walk through the fire, you won't get burned. Now, his mother said, will you do the funeral for my son? She said, I asked two other churches, but they said, we don't want those people in our church. I said, those are the ones I want. Because <laughs> Jesus said he didn't come for the healthy, he came for the, for the sick. So I said, we'll do the funeral for your son. Well, that day, the church began to fill up. Drug dealers, gang leaders prostitutes. I like that. Hallelujah, the brother says here. That's right. Exactly right. <laughs> the people Jesus loves. <laughs> the people he died for. But I'll tell you what, I looked out over that crowd. It was like I was looking at a sea of walking dead people. They were alive, but there was death in their eyes. The police were outside in case there was a Sometimes at a funeral, another gang would come. I mean, he's got all the other gang members in the, in the funeral and retaliate. So police were outside. I had a big pulpit 
Not like this. It was solid. I was glad because my knees were going like this. I said to my associate, boy, God better be with us because any one of these people could take us out. But God was there. And the power of the Spirit came down. And I began to preach, and I said, well, you people look tough. And that was really true. I said, but you're scared. You're scared you're going to end up like this guy. Interesting enough, for some reason, the undertaker didn't cover up a bullet hole right here. So it was like a real illustrated sermon. I said, but your only hope is Jesus Christ. Your only hope is to give your life to Christ, to repent of a life of sin. So I said to that funeral, I said, if you want to change your life, if you want to repent and accept Jesus Christ, stand to your feet. 200 people stood and prayed the sinner's prayer with me. <laughs> Hallelujah. What am I saying to you today as we close? I'm saying that there is a world out there that needs Jesus Christ. And now is the time. Now is the time to reach them. There's an urgency, just like there was an urgency for Peter to go and speak to the centurion. God didn't waste any time. He, he came out of the vision and boom, the guys are at the door, ready to take him to the centurion. The Lord didn't wait to baptize him in the Holy Spirit. They got saved. He said, you need the power now because there's a world out there that needs Jesus Christ. Friends, let's stand to our feet. You and I are God's team. How many of you know that? You say, well, you're the missionary. No, we're all missionaries here. We're all called to missions. We all have a part. I couldn't go unless I have people like you standing behind me. And that's why today I want you to rejoice at what you see up there and what you heard me say because I couldn't have done it without your help. You have prayed for me. You have given that my wife and I could be supported to go. But yet today, in the world in which we live, he needs each of us. He needs each of us to do whatever the Lord is leading us to do. What is God speaking to you to do? What I have found out is many times the Lord, you know, when you begin to worship God and you pray at home or listen to worship music, thoughts begin to come in your mind, you know, maybe a burden for young people or a burden for children or a burden for single moms or <clears throat> retirees. You know, the, the, the list is endless of people, our countries. And sometimes we just write that off and we say, oh, that's just me, but it keeps coming back. Well, if it keeps coming back, it's the Holy Spirit. And then many times we still write it off. That's just me. But the enemy will come along. The enemy is a dream stealer. How many of you know that? The enemy is a dream stealer. Because he knows the potential you have as a child of God to be used of God. So the enemy will come along and say, oh, you can't do that. You're not smart enough. 
You don't have enough education. You don't like to speak in front of groups. On and on. It's a lie from hell. Because if the Lord is putting it on your heart, He believes that you can do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's the key. Yeah, many things the Lord is speaking to us, we can't do it our own. But we can do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And He wants us to rely on Him. And to me, that is one of the most exciting things to rely on Him and see Him do it through you. So today as we close, maybe you're here and you have not uh, accepted Christ. That you're, You have not asked Jesus to forgive your sins and come into your life. Well, friend, today you can, you can change that. Is there anybody here who would just raise their hand and say, Pray for me. That's me. I need to accept Jesus Christ today. I need to ask the Lord to come into my heart. Well, we're here for you today. We can pray with you today. We're going to open this altar in a minute, and you can just come, and somebody will pray with you. But here's, here's what I'm feeling today. If you're here and you say, I want to I do more to reach the lost around the world. I want to do more for missions. How many would say, that's me? I want to do more for, I want to do more for reaching the lost around the world. Praise God. That's why I, I want to invite you to come. Come to the altar right now. We're going to pray over you because this, God is he's doing something right now. He's doing something right now. I don't know what, I, there's so many good songs. You know, when you sing those songs at the beginning, I keep saying, oh, that would be a good one. That'd be a good one. Then I forget them by the time we come here. So lead me us home. Lord, I want you to come. Come to the front. You raised your hand here. So I want to do more for missions. I want to do more. The Lord wants to do something in your life today. Come on. Now, we talked about the baptism of the Spirit today. Friends, I want you to know if you need the baptism of the Spirit, it, it's just like, uh, just like it happened here in the book of Acts. As you're worshiping God, the Spirit comes on you. And you can just begin to pray in tongues, all right? And I want you just to be open to that. If you've asked Him, if you have asked Him to be filled with the Spirit, the Bible said if, you're, if your earthly fathers give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? Amen? There's no, there's no ifs about it. So just be open today. Would you just raise your hand to the Lord here today? Father, this morning, God, look at this. Look what's going on here in this church. God, this, this, there's an army up here in the front. This army is enough to transform not only Gaylord and the surrounding area, but the world. So, Lord, I don't know what you have in mind for all of these people today. But God, you have something in mind. You have something in mind. God, I pray that you're going to launch a major effort of missions from this church. I pray, God, that people are going to get more involved in the in missions and in helping send others and then even go out themselves with mission teams. 
God, even as I can use someone to help me build that church in Libby Doti. Maybe you'll speak to this group. Or maybe I'll speak to them to go somewhere else. I don't know. Father, Father, you take note of each person who's here today. You take note of each one who's come forward. And I believe, Father, that if you haven't already, you're going to confirm to them what you'd have them to do. You're going to confirm to them what you would have them to do for missions, Lord. So I pray today, build their faith. Build their faith. Build their faith. Build their faith to know that whatever, whatever you are laying on their hearts, you can do it and you will do it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this couple. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for these people here this morning that stand before you. I trust you are encouraged today. You can certainly feel the presence of God up here. Listen, if you're new to Pentecost, you just experienced it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you would like to plant seed in Brother Steve's ministry, again, that church isn't going to go up by itself. And, and I'm open to uh, attempting to get a team together to, to help with that project. But I would love to see us be able to bless this man, to bless this ministry in Suriname. If you would like to, and there, there's no pressure from us, all right, at all. If you don't feel good about it, just put your pocketbook away. Forget that I'm even saying this, but if you would like to minister through this man in a special way, both he and Kim, I know it's good ground. You've seen it's good ground. I mean, they're reaching people that are unreached. You can make your check out to Mount Hope Church or put cash in an envelope if you want credit for it. Make sure to put your name and address on that. I've got mine ready, so if we could have the ushers come forward. If, if everybody could just sit down. We're, we're going to wrap it up right here, but if you could just sit down and uh, let the ushers do their thing, do their part. Thank you, Brother Steve. What a, what a powerful message today. And it... <clears throat> Yeah, if, if you're ready, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you again for what you're doing in and through the puff paths. Lord, we, we pray just a supernatural anointing continue to be upon them, Lord. Energize this man. Energize Kim. Give them all the good health, strength that they need, Lord, to continue uh, spreading the good news of the gospel. And Lord, we pray for everybody that's able to give today that you would multiply this, this offering, that it'd be the biggest one we've been able to give to missionaries in the past. And Lord, I just pray that, that you would uh, just take this offering and use it to, to be a blessing to the Puff Path, to Suriname, and so on. Yes, we pray this all in the precious name of Jesus. We thank you for everyone that was touched here today. Now, use us, Lord. You are the potter, we are the clay. Use us, change us, shape us, and mold us. We're here. Use us. Would you say that with me? Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Give permission one more time. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. 
Lord, we thank you again for everything you did here today. Now let us keep our minds on eternal things. And uh, again, just bless everybody. Keep us safe in our coming and in our going. Just one little announcement. This is uh, Halloween on Wednesday, so we won't have our Wednesday night program. So stay home. Uh, take your kids doing whatever you do or protect your house, whatever you're doing. So, you know, pray for people as they go by. God bless you. Have a great week in Jesus. Look forward to seeing you next week.